0: Welcome back to CCC Hardcore. I'm your host, George Parker. Uh, Yosemite 2 Backcountry 1987, Del Norte Crew Leader 1988, and Delta C1 1997. And if you're not sure what all that means, that just uh, is my credentials with the CCC. Uh, Excited to get back to some Backcountry uh, debriefing interviews from last season. But before we get to last season's debriefing, um, let's spend a, mi- a couple of minutes on this season's orientation. As I was putting together this particular podcast episode, it also happens to be the week of orientation for the 2019 Backcountry Trail season. And I managed to uh, catch up with Carlson Hubbard, and we chatted a little bit. And if you've if you've been following the podcast and hearing the backcountry interviews, uh, you hear people talk. About you know the work is hard and they expect it to be hard. But one thing that takes people by surprise about the backcountry trail program is that the community that you develop with one another on the trail crew. And Carlson had a few words to say about that. Uh, that juxtaposition between the community and the work. So here's Carlson. You
1: know Wednesday night here at the orientation. Um we uh you know historically a lot of crews have done their community meetings on wednesday night so we use that night to to model a community meeting and introduce the concept of it and and go over like what a a typical agenda is like and and so we round table each supervisor explains one different part of the, the um community meeting agenda and it for me and probably a lot of people would say i mean it's 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 one of the most powerful parts of this orientation mm-hmm. um because you know we they're all sit all 92 core members are sitting in the bleachers there's this stage we got a campfire going and uh and so we go around we talk about the community meeting is and so then we end it with with a, a description you know like okay you want to end the community meeting they can get pretty intense you want to make sure that yeah you, you know there can be emotion so you want to make sure you end it on a positive note and uh and so we we do affirmations or gratitudes and and so the staff starts it off to kind of set the tone and i mean before every year before we even you know get through all the steps there's already some tears going and uh and then it gets into the crowd and then um all 92 people one at a time get up and they say something that they affirm somebody or they say something that they're grateful for and it's just a waterworks man you know like because inevitably somebody you know it's you know says something very vulnerable you know talks about how like this is the first community like i've only been here for three days and this is the first community i've ever felt accepted in for who i am or this i can't believe you know the inclusion that that this program has and thank uh, you know my crew be, you know because um i've laughed more in these last two days than i've laughed in the last year you know and, and it's just this incredible positivity there's a lot of emotion and yeah. and it's good and uh and then you come away and then and then you're faced though with the reality with trying to balance that out with the reality which we do at the last day tomorrow before everybody takes off mm-hmm. um we'll do a big circle up and you kind of got to balance out that high, emotional high and positivity with but the reality is, is you didn't come here you didn't come here we didn't hire you to, to hang out on a on a baseball field and and, and have this summer camp feel it it, it you hard to work. Your purpose is to work. And it's it's work at out on the trail. It's work in camp. It's work with the interpersonal relationships on your crew. It's working in the community and all that stuff. And guess what? Your reality is about to change. It's going to get so much harder starting tomorrow. Yeah. You
0: know? That was Carlson Hubbard, director of the Backcountry Trails program. And if you are a Backcountry alumni, if you've been part of the Backcountry program, you know exactly what he's talking about. And if you have not been a part of the backcountry program, and um, you get a little bit of taste right there, he describes a little bit about what unites us all into a family, into a tribe. So with that said, we'll continue on with our 2018 uh, debriefing interviews. First interview is actually a pair of interviews, normally at debriefing, when I ask somebody if they want to talk for a podcast, they say, sure, and peel on off from the crowd and come on over and we chat. Uh, this time we had two corners, people say, sure, and peel off and come on over to chat. Uh, so this is kind of a two for one deal. We'll be hearing from two corners at the same time. All right. So we're doing backcountry interviews with Brian. Brian Losano, Lozano. And where are you from? Uh, uh, well, I was born in Texas. Oh, 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 come on.
2: I grew up originally in like Mexico. Okay. And then I pretty much lived all my life in Los Angeles.
0: All right, cool. And you are Orinardi. Orinardi. From? Redding, California. Okay. Right on. And were you both in this? Were you in the seas before you joined this? I was. Okay. Uh, where were you we at? Um, I was in Greenwood. Okay. All
2: Greenwood, right. California. I've been there for 10 months. And then? At the 10-month mark, that's when I started my season.
0: Okay, right on. And where were, what did you do before the season? Before I,
2: back I was
3: traveling, actually.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, how'd you find out about the program while you were traveling? I met a friend,
3: and you're traveling in Nepal, and he wanted to do this program, and I signed up for it. He kind of fluked, but uh, they called me up later, and I joined.
0: All right, right on. You stuck to it? What was that process like? Was it hard? It's the process of uh, application? Uh, yeah. Not too much okay and you found out about the program in the seas right
2: yeah i mean how i found out about the seeds I, I read a pamphlet mm-hmm. and i discarded the pamphlet yeah and like a year and a half later i'm like hmm, let's look at it again okay. by chance actually i was like cleaning my spring cleaning mm-hmm. and i'm a hoarder so like i had it stashed away and when i found it let's oh, check this out and that's when i looked through the pamphlet i saw the backcountry program but that didn't really cut my nerves.
0: Excuse me, I'm eating this peach. Sure, no worries.
2: <laughs> Join the C's, like, oh, you know, get out, do different kind of work, cause I was serving in restaurants. And, like, it's good money, and, like, I was going to school, but I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, sure enough, like, I went through the orientation process for the C's, and I got in, like, around April of last year. No, excuse me, June. June last year. And... I was on the wall between joining backcountry. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like up for it. I don't know if I can handle that being that far. So I'm really close with my family, mm-hmm. and being so long away from my family is like uh, kind of, It's kind of it puts a little bit of stress on me. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And um, after a while, uh, one of my my CMD actually, aunt Stanis, she's a, like, she's like, she did it too. It's like. I'm thinking. I'm saying. I'm thinking about doing backcountry. It's so like do it. You must do it. Like she, she nudge me over the wall. And like, and that's it. All right. What kind I, of work did you do at Greenwood? Oh, uh, when I first joined, I did loads of rock work. Like mostly rock work, all rock work. Oh wow. It's, it's a, it was a pretty big project. It was like the Loon Lake project. Pretty oh, okay. Major project. And then like come winter time, um, it was like mostly fuel reduction.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what kind of what kind of experiences did you have in the outdoors before you joined? Uh, uh, through AmeriCorps.
3: Well, um, I did 11 treks in my travels, so I had experience trekking um, high elevation in Ladakh. I climbed the peak with my friend Tomer, Yala Peak in Long Tong, which was um, 18,530 feet. Wow. So, a little bit of that. I also served in the IDF for uh, 2.6 years, so experience in a a rigid organization, as you would say. Oh, yeah, I bet. But uh, nothing and, really compared to that And the IDF the is country. the... Israeli Defense Forces. Yes.
0: Yeah. all right, yeah. <laughs> I knew that, but I wasn't sure they knew that. <laughs> yeah, right. well, congratulations and uh, welcome. What kind of work did you guys do over the summer? Well, it was,
3: it's Yosemite. It's basically the Disneyland of the national parks on the West Coast. So, um, They like the trails looking nice, mm-hmm. and it was mainly maintenance. Mm-hmm. That's the need of the park. But we had a month of doing rock work. We did also brushing with saws. Mm-hmm. Um, quite, really, not much after that. We cleared up some pretty like dense cor like corridors of, of trail mm-hmm. that were like
2: like overwhelmed with like brush. Yeah. Like, like flooded with like white thorn and black oak and et cetera, et cetera. We mm-hmm. like, cleared them.
0: Where were you guys at in the park?
2: Um, the first couple months we were at Foresta, well, like right out of the valley, <laughs> mm-hmm. and after that we were in it by Lulete Creek. Okay. Oh, pretty nice. What was your favorite part of the park? Illouette, easily. Oh, well, I mean, like, camps or, like... Any. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, yeah, that's
3: good.
2: good. I'd say probably Marie Lakes. It's okay. It's really far. It's not even Yosemite. It's in, like, an Ansel Adams Wilderness. Okay. Just far out there. Right on. I so, bet it was beautiful. How about yours?
3: Oh, boy. Well, the park's pretty spectacular, but I have to say the Clark Range stole my heart because right. barely anyone goes up there. It's mm-hmm. out in the boonies. And you get some serious alpine, and lots of tarns and emerald lakes. You think you're in the Caribbean until you jump in, and you realize you're not. <laughs> but uh, incredible, incredible scenery. Right on. And uh, have to add another place. I'd have to say probably um, above Tioga, so uh, Young Lakes region. Oh, mm-hmm. that, was, that, that was really cool. Yeah. Also a uh, Parker Pass, Quite Peak Pass. Really fantastic. What well, was that pass we did? That one, uh, the last four-day weekend we had. Weekend.
2: What, that weekend. Red we- Peak Pass. The, was that the name of it? Yeah. No, no, but the one we found with the cache.
3: Oh, all right. Get this. We found um, actually, like a pass between the saddle of Triple Divide Peak and I believe Autoway Peak. Yeah. And over there, there was like a little path with the saddle, and inside was a catch. And apparently, very few people have been there. And the first recorded, I believe. English Saxon was 1934. Wow. 1934. No 1934. Like, like the paper was falling apart. Like yeah. Baby. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is cool. So it was like a class two going down it over Snowfield and Edna Lake, and another class two going down Edna into a the nice tarns below, but... Mm-hmm. Class two, man. I call it suicide. That was, it was pretty scary what we did, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was rocky. It was rocky, sliding with our full packs, but yeah. that, was, that was probably, like, the best highlight was just the weekends. We just strike it on weekends, go right. hard, yeah. see some fantastic scenery.
0: You've already got a head start into the backcountry there, so why well, not? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. What was the hardest part of the season for you?
2: Getting out of the tent, man. <laughs> when you're tired? Yeah. Like your body doesn't want to get up. Like you, 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 through your mind, goes was like, just don't get up. Just go back to sleep. Like, you don't, you know, your body just starts to do, yeah. do what it does. You know, it's a routine.
0: Yeah, right on. What was um, the hardest part for you? <clears throat> After all your trekking in 18,000-foot peaks and IDF, it <laughs> probably wasn't too much. It was hard, huh? Well, <laughs>
3: <what people> <laughs> to be honest, um, probably the hardest part for me was uh, I felt sometimes that we were, like, being over-supervised because we had, we had 10 crew members, and I believe we had, like, five supervisors total. So, kind of got nitpicky, but overall, like, they were good people, and we got the message. Mm. But that was that was a bit hard, you know, just, like, kind of felt like being kindergarten yeah. at times. Okay. But that's the protocol. That's how it was. The work was great. Rock work was actually fantastic there. Yeah. Like, that was physically physically difficult. hardest okay. physical yeah. difficulty, but most rewarding difficulty. Right on.
0: Lots of people, when they their first season they hit a wall it's like where you just kind of like man i don't even know if i can go on i <laughs> don't did you guys hit a wall when you were back there uh, nah. nah i'm stubborn
2: like right. my, my mind doesn't quitting is never an option like the concept doesn't even exist in my head right on. like
3: it's just struggle through it if it, right sucks, it sucks it sucks and hey, you well I quit weekends were great there we go i mean this program's supposed to uh help go. you get into places where you want to be you mm-hmm. know this is what this program is what you put into it yeah i put in a lot to it Right. On. And definitely, I wanted to be there no matter what.
0: Okay. Any words of wisdom for uh, anybody else who might be thinking of
3: joining? Patience. Because,
2: it's just, it's just like, you think like, oh, you're gonna do it so quick. You're be like hustle and bustle kind of thing. There's a lot of a lot of times, like, a lot of like, what's it, what's, the, what's the word? Like, hurry up and wait kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of a uh, standby and orders.
3: Then, like, it's just. You have to have patience. Yeah, a lot of patience. Yeah. Definitely go in without any expectations. Just nothing. <laughs> Clean slate. Right on. Just basically, you're learning everything anew. Be as humble as possible, be as open as possible. And the hardest part is not the work, it's living with the people there. That's the yeah. hardest part. So before you go, maybe read a book on emotional intelligence and see if you're up for it. All right. Right on.
0: Well, thanks for chatting with me. And, uh, so those are cornerers Brian Lozano and Oren Nardi of the Yosemite One crew. And um, they had life experiences before they even showed up with the seas. Um, Brian moved from Mexico to the United States and had spent time working in Greenwood on trails doing rock work up at Loon Lake near the Desolation Wilderness. And Oren Nardi, um, I've never met anybody who belonged to the Israeli Defense Force before or who, or who had trekked in Nepal. Um, you run across all kinds of people on a, in the CCC and especially on backcountry trail crews. And I'd like to expand on a couple of things that they had mentioned in that interview. Uh, one of the things that Oren had mentioned about was that he, he kind of felt over-supervised. And the way that works out, and he said that there was 10 people on his crew, and that there were five Park Service um, bosses or supervisors. And the way that really works out is um, a seas crew is supposed to be about 15 coroners. So apparently Yosemite one had lost some coroners at some point to get down to 10 coroners, and there were five Yosemite uh, p- uh, people. Uh, One of those is going to be the trail boss, Um, used to be called the foreman, I'm not sure if that's the exact title now, who's in charge, you've got the maintenance worker, who's kind of like second in command, and then all those other trail workers were probably just regular trail workers, laborers, Um, but the difference is that they... We're all probably very experienced people with at least one backcountry season under their belt already. So what happens is the regular trail laborers for the NPS are usually put in charge of a couple of brand new uh, corners you know, who had never done this kind of work before. And so in one way, it's heavily supervised. In another, technically, I suppose it's, it's, it's not necessarily as bad as it sounds. Um, and with that said, um, I need to put my disclaimer in that the views expressed in this podcast represent those of the host and the guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the CCC or its sponsors. Uh, another thing that I wanted to touch on is they had mentioned finding a cash. And that's not cash as in money, C-A-S-H. That's a cash, C-A-C-H-E, as in like something that's hidden away or stored. One of the really cool things about the mountains, um, a lot of the peaks will have a cache at the top. And what that is, most of the time that i found them, they're an ammo can, like an, a military surplus ammo can, that's hidden under some rocks at the peak out of the weather. And you get up there, and you open up the ammo can, and inside there's going to be some sort of a notepad with some pencils. And everybody who gets to the top of that peak can sign in that they had um, that they had made it to the top of that peak. When I was in Yosemite in 1987, the first peak that I did was Amelia Earhart Peak, which is just shy of 12,000 feet. And there was a cache at the top. And when I signed it, uh, I said, hey, this is my first peak. We ain't got nothing like this in Illinois. And it was a pretty special moment. And... So I signed in that anybody who followed after me was going to be able to see what I had left up there. And they said that the cash that they found, the earliest signature in it, was from 1934. So people don't get up to that place very often that the the notebook wasn't full from uh, 1934. And I have a special treat. As we met at Camp Mather outside of Yosemite for debriefing, uh, the crews went to their cabins, and they were just hanging out, and I have a little bit of extra audio of Oren that I would like to share with you. my dog my home is It's
3: got my dog. The long. We don't cause we're out in the thong The wilderness <laughs> Sitting on the mountaintops Climbing these trees loss, They know what it's at Yosemite won What a class What a trip What a gift That's right One up half dome With one Night foul strike <laughs> we did a lot of brushing That's alright <laughs> My I this again Play Yosemite Do again
4: I can do this again
0: And that was Orrin Nardi and his crew just hanging out and uh, hanging loose in front of their cabin at backcountry debriefing And to be honest, that's what it's going to sound like in front of the, a lot of campfires on Bad Country trail crews too. Uh, When you're back there, you know, you're away from the roads and you away from electronic entertainment. And so you'll have to learn how to make your own entertainment. And just about every crew is going to have some sort of instruments. The instruments are going to come out around the campfire at night, after dinner, after the chores are done, after your evening program is done. And just hanging out, having fun, making music and uh, making memories. And that's one of the really cool things about the backcountry. One of my goals with these debriefing interviews was to have them all posted and ready to go um, around Thanksgiving last year. Um, debriefing is the last week in September, and I thought that would have given me plenty of time, but there's two technical difficulties and the day job crowding out time and all sorts of things. I'm just getting these up now. But one of the interesting things about getting these interviews up later than I would have liked to is... I can give you updates on what some of these corners are doing right now. And Oren after the season went to work in the North state, uh, doing some, uh, salmon habitat studies. And he's currently working with the salmon river restoration council. And you can find out more about what Oren is doing with his fisheries work, uh, by following the link that I'm going to put on our show notes to the, the CCC page and the, the notice about it. And, uh, so be sure to head over there. Our next interview is going to be with somebody uh, who joined from Ameri- through AmeriCorps uh, from Louisiana. So she was a little bit out of her element going from the bayous to the mountains. Okay, and your name? Lexi. Lexi. And what career are you on?
4: The Trinity Alps.
0: Okay. And what did you do before you joined the backcountry?
4: Um, I was living in Louisiana, I live south of New Orleans and I was fishing with my family.
0: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, how'd you find out about the program?
4: Um, I did ACE briefly, American Conservation Experience, out of Asheville, Mm -hmm. and I did uh, trail work in the Smoky Mountains. Oh, wow. And I met up with a backcountry corps member, an alumni Mm -hmm. there, and he told me about the program. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, What kind of trails do you do in uh, the Smokies?
4: We worked on the Rainbow Falls Trail Mm -hmm. with the NPS guys, so that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of rock work.
5: Oh, really?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
4: The grip hoists and all that jazz.
0: Right on. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Um, So where were we at in the Trinities?
4: In the Trinities, we moved several times, but our main camp um, was on the Union Spur, Mm -hmm. and that was our... Main backcountry location.
0: Okay. What kind of work did you do?
4: Um, we did two reroutes, so we got to build trails from scratch. All right. Which is really cool. We made um our own staircases, check steps.
0: What's a check step?
4: Um, it's on a really steep slope. You just um place a step in to prevent further erosion. Okay. To keep it from draining all the way down. It's mm-hmm. just a small step up. And then we did uh, several creek crossings and okay. things like that. It's really really cool. Right on. Yeah.
0: What what uh. What's some of the most uh, most memorable, memorable moments from weekend stuff, like going and out and stuff. hiking and seeing stuff?
4: Um, we did a 30-mile weekend to Caribou Lake, and it was the most beautiful lake I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. And it was only a small group of us. It was four, mm-hmm. and we hiked 30 miles, and we saw a comet that night, and oh, wow. it just made it for me. It's, wow. It's a top weekend. I know. I <laughs> Heck <know>. yeah. <laughs> um,
0: what was the hardest thing for you?
4: um adjusting to the cold oh so like living south of new Orleans and then coming here it Mm -hmm. like snowed on us one weekend and then we didn't bring tents that weekend so Uh. our bags got drenched everything we own got drenched so to like wake up the next day put on wet boots and wet clothes and just still have it snowing on us i was like oh my goodness this is wild oh wow (laughs) (laughs) but it was nice to have the fire (laughs)
0: yeah yeah right on (laughs) um were there any surprises for you
4: um, not particularly. Okay. Like I expected the work to be hard, and mm-hmm. it was, but right. I learned a lot. Like, we're more competent than we ever thought. Um, we hiked over 600 miles, which is a number that I couldn't even grasp before this, you know, mm-hmm. hiking that much. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, what's a takeaway for you for, from the summer that you're going to take with you that you might apply oh. for the rest of your life?
4: Just, I guess, job knowledge. Like, I know that I love living in the woods now. Before, I couldn't really find what I wanted to do. I had several odd jobs here and there, and I just like being out here. So okay. I'd like to keep pursuing jobs of this nature. Okay. And then with the certifications and like the experience, I'm able to pursue that venture now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really neat.
0: All right, so where do you go from here?
4: Um, I'm going to go back to the Seas, I'm going to join a center.
0: Alright, where are you going to go?
4: I'm going to go to the Delta Center out of Stockton, it's brand new, Yeah. so I plan to work there for a little while, and then I want to apply to Prairie Creek, and then so head up to the Redwoods for a little bit, and then I want to be a cook next summer. KK trained me, set me aside, and I'm ready to do that. I think it would be a lot of fun to see it from that aspect, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna apply, and no, if they know. want me, that'd be great. <laughs> That's a
0: pretty cool ambition there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just any words of wisdom for people who might be considering joining the backcountry program?
4: Um, definitely do it. You won't regret it. You'll learn more about yourself than you could doing anything else. It puts you through the ringer, but you come out a better person. You learn about your crew, how to be in a community, which is something I'd never done before, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. It just makes you better overall.
0: Right on. Yeah. I think that's all that I got. Yeah. All right.
4: Yeah,
5: so
3: that's good.
0: And our last interview for this episode is going to be with another uh, Backcountry Trail Crew alumni who uh, had a pretty interesting career after his first season with the
5: Seas uh, in the Backcountry. And so I'm talking to... Sage Paulson. Okay. What did you do before the Seas? Before the Seas, I just... Let's see, I joined the Seas when I was 19, so mm-hmm. I, I worked at like a hometown buffet, mm-hmm. and that was it. And okay. then I was, um, you know, getting into trouble yeah. and doing stuff like that, and then I... My mom said, hey, you should try this program out, and I was kind of really like, ah, I'm not going to like it, mm-hmm. and all this and that, and then I got up there, and I, I thrived. Okay, right on. I did really well, so. Right on. Um, so when was that? When was that? Yeah. 1999. Okay. That's when I joined Del Norte Center. Okay. And uh, I got put on Terrence Johnson's crew. All right. And, um... I just, you know, it's all the opportunities. I got my high school diploma there, and then all the opportunities that were given to me. Right on. I just jumped on it, you know. <clears throat> was that John Muir Charter School? Yeah, you know it was okay. right around when it first started. Yeah. Okay. So, right and, um, yeah, I loved, you know, got, you know, worked my way up running the chainsaws, mm-hmm. and I loved doing that. Right. And, what kind of work projects did you do at Del Mart? Uh Trails and salmon restoration. Okay. All trails. A little bit of, like, you know, exotics, pulling mm-hmm. exotics, but most of it we did. One, two, like three or four trails in uh, Prairie Creek State Park, mm-hmm. and then we were working, doing a lot of salmon restoration stuff, putting in, you know, log weirs and all that kind of stuff. So okay. um, it was all awesome, awesome stuff. And spiking out, we did a bunch of fire rehab projects in the Trinity Alps, like spreading hay for 10-day hitches, you yeah. know, which was tough. Um, and I became a crew leader up there. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you went to the backcountry. Then I went to the backcountry. What year was that? 2001. And what crew were you on? Stanislaus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, my C1 was um, Frank Salatori. Okay. Yeah. He was my C1. Mm-hmm. So same, same C1 Carlson had. Mm-hmm. Carlson had him for his first season. Okay. And I had him for his second season and just had a great time. Okay. Glass, did good. a bunch of rock work. and Cool. Yeah. Uh, where, were you, where, where were you at? We were in the Carson Iceberg Wilderness and the Immigrant Wilderness. Okay. So we did a little bit of work in the Carson Iceberg. Well, we started out at Big Basin. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to, we did six weeks there working for the state parks there at Big Basin. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the uh, Carson Iceberg Wilderness for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of our time, we were in nine weeks in. The Immigrant Wilderness, which was awesome, because it's just like a high basin with wow. tons, a hundred lakes. Wow. You know, and, then, and you can hike across. I mean, we, by the end of the season, I mean we could hike, you know, almost across the whole wilderness in a day. You wow. know, you could just—it yeah. was so flat and just, you mm-hmm. know, high, uh, high country. What was your most memorable
0: like uh, weekend activity hike?
5: Um, wow. Uh, we did one hike where we hiked all the way across to the other side of the wilderness to the Yosemite border. And we cross country to this lake called Yellowhammer Lake that there's no trail to. There was an old cabin there. The fishing was great. There was a, you know, everyone from previous crews, you could see, had signed, every tons of people had signed their names in the cabins throughout history, so yeah. we all put our mark there, and yeah. um, it was great. And then we, we came up and... Um, wrapped around and came up to Luella Lake and mm-hmm. we were jumping off like these super high rocks yeah. which probably we weren't supposed to but it was, I still got the pictures yeah. you know it was just awesome right on and so yeah cool so what was your biggest challenge that season if um you oh my biggest challenge I don't know I, I mean I was kind of ready for it when mm-hmm. it came I mean it's it's challenging just in the fact you're out there and the people and the dynamics and you know having to deal with the different groups, but I thrived in it. I, mean, right. I was ready for it. I knew what I was coming, and I was gung-ho. So, All So right. being away from my girlfriend, that was the challenge. You <laughs> okay. Know? Who she later became my wife. and right we, on. we had a kid together. Right on. Yeah, cool. We're not together anymore. Okay. But, but we, she was great. So you know. what did you do after the backcountry? Um, after the backcountry, I came back, and I... Worked a little bit on the crew, and then I went to in-camp and worked and got my orange hat, and then I left and went and worked for the Trinity Alps okay. right away, right. my son was born uh, with the, the same day I started my new job. With the Forest Service? Yeah, with the Forest okay. Service, with John Sandstrom. Okay. So, and he was so, the one running the program back then. Okay.
0: So you are working with the Forest Service?
5: Yep. Okay. Started working out there. Carlson was the foreman, mm-hmm. and um, didn't like his style, okay. but... Um, you know, I learned a lot from him mm-hmm. on running crews, and then he left. He left for a year and went to go work out in Samoa. So then, some, um, an old foreman came back, Orion, and I worked with him. And then in 2004 is my was my first year being a foreman. Okay. So, and then after that, I, I was the one running crews. Okay. Yeah. And so you
0: work with seas crews. Yeah. Every. So year. what's it like? The difference between. What's the difference between
5: being a quorumer on a backcountry crew and being the sponsor? The rules. <laughs> Sponsors got the freedom. I okay. mean, you know, we didn't have to you know, as a, as a core member, he had a lot more structure mm-hmm. in our, in the program. Whereas as a forest service employee, it's like our job was to make sure that their work was being done to the standards and what we wanted done. Mm-hmm. And so, and I got to go out on the weekends right. and go home and right. the core members had to stay out there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't have to do PT in the morning. That was yeah. their routine, yeah. you know, so, um, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. That, that's the main difference besides that. It's like we're one big family yeah. out there. So what's it like working with core members? It's awesome. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah. I miss it so much. <laughs> I, I want... I would do... I mean, I, I would go volunteer out there. All you right. know? I mean, I want This is on to. tape. We're going to hold yeah. it. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> there's something special. Yeah. You know? Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's something special about... About being out there and, and having uh, this opportunity to make an impact on people's lives, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, and to get people inspired about working in the woods and about caring about the environment and, yeah. uh, and then also doing hard work and what hard work is, yeah. you know, not it's not just, you know, the, doing the minimal, it's about... You know, pushing yourself to the limit and yeah. hiking and, and being in shape and being healthy and all those things happen naturally in nature. And right on. I believe that. Right on. So, what yeah. are you doing these days? <laughs> I don't know if you're okay. growing a weed farm. Okay. Yeah, I got a permitted farm. I okay. don't care if you put that in there, right. but I'm not, I don't know. All right. it's not, You know, I would rather be doing this. Yeah. You know, but, okay. uh, you know, in 2010. In 2009, me and my wife separated, and then I kind of took a dive, and then I, you know, did wasn't focused on what I needed to be doing, and yeah. I'd been working with the Forcers for a long time, and I was kind of a little, like, wasn't going anywhere, yeah. you know, and I was kind of bitter with that, and so I kind of just let it kind of fall okay. apart and stuff, so. okay. so um, but I would do anything to get and, I miss it every day I think about it, even though the pay is not as good, you know, it's not the greatest pay, and you're away, it's hard to have a social life, but you meet really great people, and these people remember you forever, I mean, it's like, look, here I am, you know, here you are, here we all are, years down the line, there's like this weird connection, right, I mean, it's just, I love it, you know, I see Tony, I haven't seen him in six years, and here we are, like, hanging out like we're buddies, like, you know, there's this bond, and, and I just... There's something so special about that, and
0: I love that. Any words
5: of wisdom for anybody thinking about joining the program? (laughs) Uh, Do it because it's the best, I think it's the best opportunity you can have. I mean, yeah.
1: I don't know know if that's words of wisdom. I'd
5: say do it. (laughs) You know, don't hesitate about trying, getting yourself outside your element and trying something different. All right. I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are kind of like oh man you know there's like this stigmatism that comes with like being away from technology or you know writing letters and not being able to we live in a world where you communicate everyone it's instant right Mm -hmm. yeah there's something special about like anticipating a letter yeah you know once a week and you're waiting and that time that that flows in between there's something that is special about that i don't know what it is but it just slows everything down and things are more meaningful that way And I love it. Right on. Right on. So. Well, thanks for chatting with
0: me. Yeah. So that was Sage Paulson, and uh, ran into him at debriefing last year, well, obviously 2018. And he, he had volunteered to come up and down and help out with the debriefing process. And you heard him say how much he missed doing trails and how much he'd do anything to get back into it. Well, at uh, orientation this year, uh, 2019, which is finished this week um, as I'm recording this. Uh, word around orientation is that uh, Sage is going to be back in trails, that he's going to be a sponsor. Um, Trinity Alps, I don't think there was one other place, but hopefully we'll catch up with Sage again at debriefing this year and find out more about what he's been doing. And that'll wrap up this week's episode of CCC Hardcore. Uh, stay tuned next week. Uh, we'll be releasing some more stories from the CCC. If you're a former CORE member, I would love to help you t- tell your story. Uh, you can get in contact with me to, to help you tell your story. We can either write it down and put it on the blog, or we could record something and get it on the podcast. Uh, several different ways that you can contact me. You can send me an email at grinningdwarf at gmail.com. And you can contact me on Facebook uh, through our Facebook page, CCC Hardcore. That's C-O-R-P-S, just like uh, California Conservation Corps. Uh, You can leave a message on the Facebook page, or you can send me a a message on Messenger on Facebook. Or you can uh, call me or shoot me a text at 530-410-4683. Pretty rural. If you call, you're probably going to get the voicemail. Make sure that you leave a message. Uh, tell me your name, uh, what center you were at. Um, We'll get the ball rolling on some more stories of the CCC. You know, we've been heavy on backcountry stories, uh, but we want all stories from the CCC. Uh, Even if you were a firefighter, energy center, um, uh, uh, fisheries work, or even if you never did a special program, even if you were just at a center and did your year and you you moved on. Uh, We want to help you tell your story so until next week uh, we're going to go out with our uh, closing music uh, from the tall pines uh boogie number one thanks hey bob don't worry we got this
1: Uh